0: The Grizzden Podcast 2021 Offseason is presented by Walker Financial Management. John Morant is an NBA superstar in the engine of the Grizzlies offense, but he would be the first to tell you it takes consistent support from teammates, coaches, trainers, and advisors for him to be the most successful on and off the court. In the same way, small business owners are the engines of their companies and wear lots of hats. Walker Financial Management exists to support owners of small to medium-sized businesses, specifically in regards to bookkeeping. They offer customizable solutions like transaction categorization, monthly financial statement preparation, accounts receivable, and payable management, payroll, CFO services, and more. If you or someone you know is spending too much time, money, or stress on bookkeeping, find peace of mind by, by visiting www. WalkerFM.com to schedule a free consultation with a certified bookkeeping professional today. Again, that's wwwwalkerfmcom Walk, 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 walk,
1: walk, 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 walk. walk, walk that drink!
2: Walk that, drink. Walk that, drink. Walk that drink that that trick that 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 trick welcome to an off-season edition of the Grizz den pod Ty Smith seniors here let's go and Brantley's here let's go and we are here today to talk about Jaron Jackson jr arguably the most intriguing part of of this Grizzlies off season, um, mainly because we're going to see what the franchise believes Jaron is worth. Um, there are a few options that the team has, and what I want to do right now is I want to throw all these options out there, and then I want to discuss which do we think should happen, and which do we think will happen. So the first option. Uh, for Jaron is to uh, not extend Jaron, not to offer an extension right now. That doesn't mean we wouldn't offer an extension. It means that we would play out this year, and at the end of this year, he would be a restricted free agent. And at that point, other teams would be able to make offers for Jaron, and then the Grizzlies could decide whether they want to match those offers. Uh, You saw something similar happen in this offseason to Lonzo Ball. They couldn't come to an agreement last offseason on his extension. He played out the year, and now he's going to get an offer sheet from somebody, and the Pelicans are going to be able to match. Uh, you also saw it from John Collins, which we were discussing before this podcast started, how he's probably going to get a bag. Uh, so Jaron, that's one option. The second option is for them to negotiate an extension uh, below the max. and that There are a lot of interesting contracts, contracts to compare Jaron to, in this respect. So we'll talk through those. And then the final option is to give him a max contract, which he could go as, as, uh, as high as five years, 168 million from the 200, 2022 to 2026 seasons. So those are kind of the three options here is to not extend, wait till the next year, to come to a, uh, a contract agreement that's below the max or to max Jaron out.
1: Can I put you on the spot for a second? For sure. Can you give me and anybody else who just might be wondering how you got to that five for 168 number? Like, what is that based off of? Honestly,
2: I did some research on Spot Track, which is a common uh, salary uh, cap website for the NBA and other leagues. And they have his rookie extension eligibility at the 25% of the cap. And what they have estimated as the cap number um, next season, they've just taken 25% of that. And so that's what their their five-year 168 is
1: based on. So basically, there's other things that a rookie can do, right, to help increase what their max potential is jaron has not done any of those right?
2: correct so for instance uh last season jason tatum donovan mitchell and those guys were given uh they were given maximum contracts and that was their i know at least tatum's was due to his making i
0: believe he made an all nba team if it not last with season. Luca this year too. So Luca Luca as made well. an All NBA team. So instead of twenty five percent of the cap, you get closer to thirty percent of the cap. Right, but you have to earn that. Yeah, um, you have to like start a certain amount of games. You have to be rewarded with like All NBA honors, stuff like that. So Jaron hasn't received those honors. So his max will be like you said, the twenty five percent of the cap. And the cap is continually going up. So if you say, hey, how is Jaron able to get? so much more than a guy three years ago. It's just because the cap keeps going up. That's right.
2: Why. And then, like, I know that Tatum and Mitchell, I believe both of their teams actually saved a bunch of money because they would have uh, received even, like, a super max if you make, like, the first team, I believe. all It might be any of the all-NBA teams, but I know for sure that Luca, for instance, making a first-team all-NBA is eligible for the super max, which is the highest amount. I think it's 35%. Um, okay, So, let's start here. If you're the Grizzlies, what is your mindset going into this negotiation? Because, on one hand, there's a camp that says, we're the small market team. We don't necessarily have these opportunities all the time. Jaron certainly has the upside of a max player. So, it kind of is a no-brainer to give him the max. Another camp says... Well, look at his injury history. Are we in a position to at least save a little bit of money here without severing the relationship just due to the injury history? Their contract, you know, you can put in incentives for games played. You can put in incentives for minutes. There's an Exhibit 3 contract is one that, for instance, Jonathan Isaac received, which is basically an injury protection for the team. There's an option there. But what do you guys think? as far as the Grizzlies going into this negotiation?
0: um, So I think we have to back our guy. This is the first time a guy like this, which is like top five draft pick with this new regime, has come up for a situation like this. This is the first time. So I think the front office has to set a good precedent moving forward by paying him as far as what. I guess we'll get into that in a second. But I did want to mention... Um, Jaron has always been seen as like a cornerstone for our franchise. Our front office has been very forward with that. He and Jar are like buddies, uh, which I think also plays into this too. And if you think like what you mentioned with the injury history, like the front office I believe was one of the main driving factors of Jaron going through the process, the recovery rehab process that he went through. It was a joint decision, right? The front office seemed like they were wanting to do – what's best for his long term future and Jaron agreed with that. So to me it would be maybe a bad look to not reward him for an idea that like the front office had. Does that make sense? So the front office came to him essentially and was like, Hey, your best long term thing is for us to sit you for nine months, but we're gonna fix it, like really fix it. And to me it would it would be a bad look for them to be like, Oh, since you missed a lot of games, sorry, we're not gonna, you know, we're gonna hold you back on your on your payday for that. Um, speaking on Isaac, he signed a four year, $70 million extension, um, four for 70, which feels pretty low. Honestly, it's, uh, like 17 and a half million through 24, 2024, 2025 season, which is not very much. Um, I was thinking like at least Jaron was going to get like the four for 80, 20 million a year, probably like closer to like the four for 90, to be honest. Um. I don't. I don't see
1: him getting a hundred million. But is there anybody in that eighty to nineties camp that you feel like sort of he's comparable to? Honestly,
0: all the other guys recently that have been in Jaron's camp, which is like top five pick on a team that's like kind of rebuilding, but not really. They have all gotten the the max. Darren Fox got all of it. He got all of it. He got five uh, years. Yeah, yep. Mitchell, all of it. Tatum, all of it. Bam. Bam, all of it. Poor even, strangely. Um, so, I think it's kind of – it's interesting. I think Isaac stacks up the best with Jaron because they were both, like, kind of younger prospects. Jonathan Isaac's still only 22. Um, defensive upsides through the roof. Offense is still growing. Jaron, you could argue, is better offensively. Uh, but still kind of, like, they project a lot better than they are currently. Right? Like, if Mitchell never gets better, he's still – like. It wouldn't shock me if he, like, improved marginally moving forward, right? I expect Jaron to grow and improve exponentially. Same with Isaac. Um, I think Isaac in four or five years could be an absolute freak, again, if he stays healthy. So I think it's kind of tough to compare him to guys that have been healthy and have been, like, go-to wing perimeter scorer kind of guys. And that's, I feel like, recently who's gotten that max extension. So it's just kind of tough to... Gauge between the two. So John Collins is another guy. I don't know if we mentioned him earlier. Yep. He turned down. I think a four for ninety this off season. So four for ninety. He said no to it. He wants. I think he wanted that twenty five percent of the max. Um. And the Hawks basically said not right now. Um. And John Collins is doing great stuff, and I'm sure he's going to go back to Atlanta. Apparently there was some really weird stuff with him, and like him and Trey Young got into it in that film session. If y'all remember that earlier in the season. So maybe there was like some personnel problems with John Collins that we don't really know about. And Jaron, that doesn't seem to be the case as much. Um, but that's the thing with Jaron. It's really tricky to compare him to different guys. That's why Isaac to me, but Isaac I think tore his ACL like twice in eighteen months, like real bad knee stuff. Jaron's not nearly that that bad. Um can I, I, I need to throw this out about Jaron too. So when he came back, everyone was like, man, he had that one like pretty good game, I think, against Portland, but everyone's like, God, he looks off. Can I just tell y'all his per 36? Um, he played 11 games this year. Um, 11. That's Only it. Only 11. Only 11. That's wild when you actually yeah. say the number.
2: Not
1: a lot of it right. He's that, That's just the regular season. Yes.
0: Not in, oh, not including, not including, including oh, the five okay. playoff games. God. Yeah, yeah. So regular season 11 games. He started four of them. Um, his per 36, so he didn't play a ton of minutes. Um, his per thirty six was uh twenty two and six. Um, he did only shoot twenty eight percent from three. Um, shot fifty six percent from from two, eighty four, eighty three percent from the line. So still averaged twenty two points per thirty six, which is exactly what he averaged last year. His per thirty six numbers last year were twenty two points. He just also shot forty percent from three. So yes, he took a dip with his shooting, but Jaron was still. I mean, he was still a plus, at least offensively, even when it looked like he definitely wasn't.
2: Yeah, so it's really interesting to look at last year's extensions that happened because either you take you have those four guys that we mentioned that took the max or you have guys like OG Ananobi, Derek White, and Jonathan Isaac jump off the page as three guys who have actually sustained a lot of injuries in their career. And you can see them saying, you know, in the negotiation probably this is – this might be the contract that I'm going to get given injuries, uh, and I could really tank this value if I don't take it now. And so that's what Jaron, I think, I I am very interested to see because, as you mentioned, Ty, I think it's a great point for our situation is that this was a collaborative process between him and the front office. And for those other guys, it, it was less of a of a maintenance a long-term waiting period and more of a like in Isaac's case at least that ACL it's like it is what it is it's not necessarily a decision it's just what it is so that's a great point and i for what it's worth bobby marks who's the cap guy for ESPN he did a, a, an off-season preview for the grizzlies and he has the 4-year 80 million dollar uh, amount actually interesting okay as the uh, a place to to um i guess he thinks that's what Jaron's worth. He also said there's a lot of incentives that you can add into there, as I mentioned at the top for like games
0: played and yep. such. Is, so Derek White is already twenty-six years old, which is kind of crazy. Um But yeah, he's been hurt a ton. OG is like a really good player, obviously, but you would imagine a little bit more limited upside than Jaron. So that's why I think Jaron and Isaac are very – like, that's a great comp, even though Isaac's injuries have been worse. But, I mean, people around the league view Isaac as a all-defense first-team kind of player um, who can be complimentary on offense. And I think Jaron would probably be the the opposite, right? Like, your offensive first, kind of your go-to like offensive weapon almost that can – Switch. We saw him pick Steph's pocket like twice in the play-in, which is just absurd to watch. A seven-footer pick Steph's pocket and then also protect the run a little bit. Um, I like the four for eighty. I could I could see him getting like four for ninety though for sure.
1: He's not eligible for that fifth year, right? I think he is. He can That's, be. Yeah. He uh, there's not for some reason I was thinking that that was triggered by something else because we are talking about everything in terms of four years, not five. He, um yeah usually that comes when i mean we
2: could give him the five, and I expect the he could try and negotiate even something like a player option or or we can negotiate a team option things like that, but at least according to spot track for what it's worth, they have him as eligible for the twenty five percent
1: cap max for five years for five years so we're basically the interest- so like that five for one sixty eight is thirty three Essentially per year, depending on how it gets slotted, and then the four for eighty, four for ninety. What we're talking about is either the difference of twenty two point five or twenty million per year. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, that number, all, both of those sort of feel right to me, with maybe some incentives, like the twenty, the twenty to twenty two is range feels same. Like, that feels like a good number. It feels like a, like, let's, that's a good don't piss off Jaron's camp number while also, like, right for the Grizzlies. Like, to your point, Ty, if we're going to really invest or, or just, like, communicate clearly with a, with a contract, you're a pillar of our organization. I mean, he becomes the highest paid player on the roster next year with that. Assuming that we don't go sign somebody else. Right. That's above JV. That's above Dylan. So it won't kick in this coming year. It'll be like the it. following. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just sort of a s- saying for comparison. Right. Like, that's where we're sort of sitting at with other people on, on the roster.
0: And that's the freedom of it because, like, JV off the books that summer when that kicks in. Kyle off the books that summer. Tyus off the books. Like, a lot of like our cap sheet is super clean. When this extension kicks in, which means even though, yeah, Jaron's looking at that big number, we will have all the flexibility, all the freedom to go do whatever we want to do. If we decide to do something like that, if we decide to play the free agency game, don't think that by signing Jaron is going to like limit us with that because it's not like our cap is clean as poo that summer um, when that kicks in. Um and like I remember I don't remember which podcast I was listening to it was a local maybe uh, I don't remember who it was but apparently at Jaron's uh like exit interviews with the media um after the after the season apparently he like had a t- he was like texting with Kleiman because they were about to go meet and I think like. Jaron texted him some like strange emoji or something, and he's like, "That's climbing. That's my guy." Like, there's a great relationship there, so I think that takes huge precedence in knowing that something's going to get done where both sides feel valued.
1: I think, based on what uh, some of these other players that we've been talking about, it feels like they're getting like. I know it's hard to compare, you know, between position and these other guys. I mean, don't you think that that's a number that? he would feel really good about. What do you think, Will?
2: Um, I'm sort of back and forth because on one hand, there's not that player yet on the roster that we can see that would call for a max, and therefore his – if I'm in Jaron's camp, I think it's a real decision on actually taking that four for 90 or playing like a John Collins game where you bet on yourself and then you, let's say you you come out this year and you shoot 42% from three. At that point next season is when a lot, you know, more teams are going to have space. I mean, I could see him getting something like a four for, you know, 110 or something like that and at that point as the grizzlies are you usually when contract negotiations fall apart when when players like this that are considered to be very important to the franchise there's not it's not an you know a friendly falling apart and so it's i just hope that there's an expectation on both sides that are are very closely aligned i would absolutely love for a a 4 for 90 for Jaron, because I think it gives the Grizzlies a lot more flexibility to work with, but at the same time I think in this small of a market when you have something like this you generally see teams overpay, and so I wouldn't be shocked to see something even higher like closer to the max
1: Okay, so this is getting to the, the next question that I feel like we have to talk about this is moving into maybe the fan component of this Do you think we should overpay? That's what I've been trying to think about all day. I think all of us should have a take on this. Y'all know
0: my answer. It no is yes. Absolutely. I... This is the start of something bigger than, like, Jaren to me. Like, this whole Grizz Next Gen thing, like, he's kind of, like, the the first piece of the puzzle. I guess Jock, you could argue, is the most important piece of this puzzle. But Jaren's, like, right there next to him. And if our front office is going to sit here for years and just... Literally, they don't say Ja's name without also saying Jaren's. Like, they say those in tandem all the time. There's never one without the other. You can't not, like, get a deal done. Um, I think it's more than money, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And I think he, like, I
1: don't know, man. Y'all know how I feel about him as a player. I just. it only take, uh, let me just play devil's advocate. Yeah. Just for a second. I love, I love Triple J. Like, love him. I was not excited, as excited about him draft night, except for I just thought he was the right pick. You know, I'm just trying to stay true to my word. I've really loved watching him play and develop, but he's not your, yet, yet, he's not your guaranteed be your number two on a Western Conference Finals run team. I don't think he's. I don't think he's there in three years. That's my take. So I know your tie across the table is really taking a deep breath, willing to talk. And and if you're watching, let me let me just let me use a comparison for a game that's on right now for a guy that's getting a ton of buzz. Okay, Aiton, the number one pick in the same draft, who's making lots of money this year, is the third guy, and is gonna get a bag. He's gonna get a max deal. And maybe in a couple years he's the number two. But in this league with these rules, I I think he's destined to always be a really, really, really great number three. And so now maybe we should still pony up because of what he means and whatever. But I have always used this comparison because I don't want to be the Pelicans with Anthony Davis. I don't want us to get caught in a situation where, where we know who our number one is, and that's Ja. No question, no if and buts about it. We don't ha- even talk about a potential Western Conference Finals run without a player like that. And you got to make sh- every move now from here forward. Th- this, These are the discussions that we've been talking about on this podcast for almost two years of these are the things we've been waiting for to see what really happens because you do one move, you don't do the contract right, he gets hurt, all of a sudden he's like Chris stop and he's not even close to a number three. And then you're, and then you're number one and all is all of a sudden, like I got to figure out how to be in a spot where I'm in a place that can win as a number one. So that's my, now that's just setting the stage for the negotiation. Do I, for that's why for me, I still hope that the relationship equity that they've built with sort of the right market value can align to where we don't have to necessarily overpay.
2: Here's where I think it's going to land. And here's where I think, I think Clyman and team are smart enough to know where they are realistically, both in the marketplace and with Jaren. I think you're going to see a deal that's above the 90 million for four years. And what? I think, I think it's going to be a triple digit type of bag as in for, for a hundred you could see it. You could even see it extend to a fifth year. I also think you're going to see some incentives on top of that, and so some likely, all down some with the like, incentives. Unlikely. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to, and that's to me where you bridge the gap with a guy like Jaron, where you say, "Okay, here's the number that you can actually achieve." However, he has to understand that there's a business side to this whole thing. And the team has to be protected, and the fact that the team has given has shown the goodwill to him right. to let him recover. It's sort of a give and take, and I, and so I think that's what you're going to see. I think it's going to be above what, let's say, the Bobby Marks of the world think it's going to be, just because it's Memphis and we don't get these opportunities every every so often. But I'm I really do think you're going to see a lot of like the initial number that Woj tweets out is not going to be. You know, it might be ninety five percent of what he's going to get, but it, it's not going to be a hundred percent. Yeah, think. that's what I I think you are going to see like a four for hundred. And I that's going to be a 25, 26 on. And you
1: are also saying that like that's sort of what you are. You think it's where it's going to end up as a prediction, and you are and you are comfortable with it. I am comfortable.
2: I am comfortable with anything below the high twenties, thirty range. If we can, if we can get out of this negotiation. With like 26, 27 and below, then I think that that's fair per year. Yeah, per year. And if we can avoid a fifth year, I would do it for now. And that might, in the future, actually be something that uh, Jaron could make more money that way, just because he's going to play right. into it. But at that point, we'll be excited for him to make that much if he's earned it. That's right. So, all
1: right, Ty.
2: You've been you've been
0: holding off for a while. What you got?
1: You've been breathing deep over there. We appreciate your patience.
0: So, few points. I completely get your point about he hasn't proven that he can be the number two on a Western conference finals team. Get that. My counter would be he hasn't not not proven it either. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Jaren, so the to knots me,
1: cancel. So he has. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He Uh, has uh, not, not, not canceled because you did a contraction before the not, not. So technically it was a, he hasn't proven it yet. Triple
0: J, triple not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So my point being is that he's still 21. And last year when he was 20, truly had a season unlike any other 20 year old center um big guy cuz basketball reference lists him as a center which is nuts which means he plays most minutes at the center position um i think he's shown enough and i think he's flashed enough to where you can realistically project forward again this is projection obviously you can't take like if he never improves from today of course he's not a number two guy on a... He's maybe not even a number three guy on a Western Conference Finals team. But everything that, if you look back is his, at his trajectory, as his, at his projection, even when we drafted him, he was the youngest player in the draft. It was very much like a, this guy's upside, maybe higher than anyone else in the entire draft, I guess outside of Luka, because Luka was already like a freak. But... To me, like, you can't give up on that after a few seasons. And I'm not saying you are. There are a few Grizzlies fans that are like, when are we going to realize Jaron's not what we thought he was? Like, I had someone tweeted us on our Grizzly on Twitter, basically being like, year four, going into year four, like at some point you need to realize what he is. I'm like, dude, the years don't matter. Like, he's still 21 years old. He grew an inch last year. Like, he's still growing. And like you can't just immediately cap it because you're comparing him to maybe some other guys. Like I think Jaron has shown enough and projects forward as a guy who can change your franchise. And maybe I'm alone in that. I don't really know. Um but I think again, I think he's shown enough to warrant the extension that you're talking about, Will the four for a hundred or whatever it may be. Cause I think if Jaron's right and if Jaron continues to improve and he's shown continual improvement since he's gotten in the league, um, I think he could be that second, third guy. And also if you look at today's NBA, like your second and third guy on a title team is going to make 25 million, you know, they're going to make that. And it's really nice to have him locked up on a long-term deal like that too. Um and again, if if push comes to shove, you know, we have the asset to trade if we need to. I don't think he'll ever I don't think that'll ever happen, but I just yeah, I think if you look around at some of the guys getting paid that already like they're like I don't think Gobert is ever gonna get better and he's already making like over thirty million a year, which is insane. And Gobert's great at what he does, obviously, but he has extreme limitations for Like Brantley is your point as a second guy on a title team. I don't know if Gobert's that,
1: right? He clearly hasn't proven it yet. That's a great example of getting like paid like what's that. happening with where people are like, yeah, can will Donovan stick around if that's exactly. really his second and fiddle? And
0: Gobert's getting over $30 million a year. Like, poor Zingas can't stay on the floor at all and still getting $30 million a year. So I think, and this is like the first big, this will be our first big contract on this roster, and I think it's, I think even if it fails a little bit, I, I still think it's worth the risk. I'll say that too.
2: I think that the Grizzlies can't afford to be penny pinchers in this uh, as a franchise, both in perception and also just... Um, Agree. You're Yeah, I mean, you can't not... And I think I'll say this maybe as we wrap this up in just a minute, but um, I think you're going to see the extension happen uh this offseason the the extensions that don't happen there's usually friction that's pre-existing and there is nothing to indicate that there is friction or a disconnect between Jaron Jackson Jr and the Memphis Grizzlies so i think the extension will happen this summer you're going to see it. i wouldn't be surprised if it happens even pretty um pretty early on here i think the cap year has to technically um Transfer over to the next year, which usually happens in July, and so I think as I think it's going to be one of the very first extensions that you're going to see reported. That's
0: my prediction. Yep. One other thing. So Brantley had also had a great point about the New Orleans situation, which is what as a small market you fear with what they did with um, Davis, Anthony Davis. But one thing I did want to mention. So if you even look at like how they acquired Holiday, they traded Nerlens Noel, who was like what the number one or number two overall pick that year. And another first-round pick in 2014 for Drew Holiday. So the Pelicans were in a point where they were just throwing – they were not valuing assets at all. They were just throwing assets at whatever they could do to try to, like, short-term improve their team. Um, and that's how they got Drew Holiday. They traded Netherlands Nor- Noel, who was a big-time draft pick, and another first-round pick. The thing with Jaron is, like, we're not giving up assets to keep him in our building, if that makes sense. So I think that's a, a good thing, right? But, like, to your point, if Zach Levine somehow, like, won it out and we threw Brandon Clark, Bain, Melton, and three first-rounders at him, then that would be like, ooh, are we, is, this like, is this the guy that takes us over the top?
1: Is that a move?
0: Yeah. Yes. So kind of like back to the Ben Simmons stuff that people on Grizz Twitter started talking about, I'm like, man, you can't miss on this stuff. Like, New Orleans swung and they missed. And then they and lost They swung they this lost offseason Davis. with some of they their stuff. They swung again yeah. and missed again. You're exactly right. And that's, I mean, you've already seen the stuff come out about Zion not being happy. Um, I think as a small market team, but I think we're building something a little different, clearly, than New Orleans. But the point being, you can't, like, take big swing. They have to land every time. And I think that's a little different than keeping a guy that you draft and are trying to cultivate within your culture. Like
1: I think keeping meaning it's okay to like overpay a little bit more instead of taking, instead of missing with a big swing and overpaying while swinging and potentially missing hundred percent, making it worse. Yeah. Yes. I think, I
0: think you're adding value outside of just the court player value while doing that with Jaron, you're setting a precedent that means more than just like basketball.
2: Jaren's also the type of guy I could see a contract like this actually bolstering his confidence in a weird way. He just seems like a guy who actually is externally motivated by things. And I think this could serve that to be like validated that he is who this franchise thinks he could be.
1: Yeah. He's been and, raised well. His parents have taught him the value of like what it means where he's not going to take that for granted. No.
2: All right. Well, um, We'll see how this plays out. I think it'll be super interesting. Um, it's not necessarily a a, a no brainer type of negotiation. I think that they're gonna they're gonna be uh, they're gonna have challenges on both sides to overcome. But at the end of the day, uh, I think that we're all predicting that this will be done quickly and that we'll probably see a number that is above maybe what national people would predict, but is right in the wheelhouse of what Grizzlies fans would expect. And hopefully Jaron is healthy next season, avoids fouls, stays on the floor, and shows us that he's worth every penny of whatever we pay him. So um, for Brantley, for Ty, I'm Will. Thanks for joining us.